sometimes when stuff gets really, really difficult, the most important thing is for you to just sit in and just be willing and able to just sit in it long enough and not hit the eject button. Don't stop. If your today is not the best, keep going. If you're not making the money you want to make in sales, entrepreneurship, keep going. Because to their point and to example they gave, it will come with time. Hi, baby. Hop in the Lamborghini. Huh? I'm me. I'm me only. I'm me. Huh? Hi, baby. Hop in the Lamborghini. Welcome to another episode of Stroke of Success Podcast, guys. It's your host, KB. T- today's guests are interesting. Uh, I feel like I've known them forever, but probably known them for two months, probably, or a little less than that. Recently, at my brokerage, uh, we had a seminar, uh, Robert Slack, here in Orlando, Florida. Um, these three were there to represent their company. And so we started talking after that, sharing the notes. Um, I was invited to their podcast. And as, as we got to know each other, their story just jumped at me. And I almost had to beg them to guys do this, to come here and do this for my audience. A lot of value I, I hope my audience can get um, because these people have come a long way. The stories are extraordinary. Um, they do a lot of self-development in the company. Um, they work from the heart. Same culture Robert Slack has. So I'm going to start with Brett, Rod, and Taylor. So for the record, we have two brothers here. That's right. Two brothers. Two brothers. One from another mother. There you go. I was about to say that. <laughs> right? Yes. So right. That's right. what's the name of your company? Uh, Urban Young. Urban Young. So who's Herb? All right. And I'm oh, assuming herb. you got no the boat Young. There you go. <laughs> no H? Okay. Yeah, we thought Herb Young and Young sounded that, that would have been good. sound as good. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, and you guys are the Young Brothers. The Young the Brothers. Young brothers. That's awesome. They are the Young Brothers, too. Yeah. I'm the old guy. Yeah. There you go. Forever Young. <laughs> yes. Forever I Young. I like that. I like that. Yeah, and there was a time that, you know, I went a long time without having a beard. So okay. now, you, you, you know, joined we've, the... we've morphed into versions of each other here, but right. I, I held out without a beard for the longest time. Our beards are cycling now. <laughs> Well, for the for the record, so this uh, event we had at Robert Slack, I'm sitting in the back, right, and I see these handsome men right in front of me, no socks, loafers, <laughs> and jackets. I'm a Miami guy, right? Uh, born and raised in New York, live, live in Miami for 20 years. I was no sock guy too. When I wear suits, no socks. I'm like, man, these guys are like they have a different style, you know. Another thing I noticed, I don't know if you guys probably noticed. A lot of female attention was at this row. <laughs> so when one of you got, got up and walked around, well, it was like a head turn around. I'm like, oh, damn, bro. We have, we have some game in the room today. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I, Brad, you came up to me after I spoke. And then, you know, you're like, dude, my story got to you. And then we shared each other's story. And Amazing. You guys, let's just get jump into it. Like, how did this all come together? I'm going to start with you first, Rod. Okay. Where are you from? I am from Flint, Michigan. Oh, okay. Flint, baby. Flint. Okay. I didn't drink the water. Okay. Um, almost lived in Mi- Flint, Michigan half my life. Okay. But I've been in Florida since mid-90s. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the senior here. Um, came down to Florida. Played, I was playing golf for a living, believe it or not. Um, and Florida was a, was a dream. Orlando was a dream. Um, golf was a dream. Got rooted in Orlando was a great travel hub. My playing career didn't work out, so I caddied on the PGA Tour for a little while. And then that 
that you know got kind of fizzled out and then I got into business in 2004 um and and just had a had a affinity for people wanting to be around people and when I say I got into business I got in the healthcare field um I'm petrified of doctors and needles and wound up selling diabetic supplies right there in 2004 go figure um for a friend of mine who owned a company based out of Michigan and they opened a Florida branch, he had been talking to me for years about, you got to, you got to do what you know, you got to do this in Florida for me. And I'm like, man, I'm going to be a golfer. He's like, man, one of these days you're going to give that up. And so when I did give it up, I called him and two weeks later I had opened a branch for him. And I mean, literally didn't know anything, but I just had a, I had a, just a, a fire in me to, to get rooted in business, no college degree. Um, Ah. Went to college to play golf. Uh, they paid for it, and okay. I thought that was cool. But then when golf season was over and I didn't go to class still, they thought, you know, I, I thought that's just how it was. But they told me I couldn't be there anymore. So um, <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, so I, I hope my kids don't see this. But yeah. uh, as, as they're both, you know, kind of around, right around the college age. Yes. But shortly after that, met Brett. Um, I, had, I had moved on from that original company two years later was leading a, a sales team for a different medical-based company and hungry to do more, hungry to build something for myself, even though I had a really successful, at the time, successful opportunity, really, really cool opportunity. Um, and I, I had been approached by someone uh, in the network marketing space. I thought it was a really cool concept, made a lot of sense, got started. And then shortly after I got started, maybe three or four months after I got started, I met Brett uh, at one of those meetings, you know, one of those multi-level marketing <laughs> type meetings. Um, and honestly, my life changed from that point on. I mean, I, I don't want to steal any thunder from these guys' stories, but without a doubt, my life changed at that point. Um, still live in my healthcare life, but knew that associating with these guys was different. I knew that um, I just knew I was, I was, destined for more. And I knew that these guys were going to be a big part of that. Um, and this is in early 2006. Yeah, go ahead. 2006. So right up. Uh, excuse me. This is late 2006. This was, this was September, October timeframe in 2006. So you moved here when from Michigan? What year? Well, so I, I, I moved down here full time in 1997. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer in mindset. And I think you guys know a little bit of mindset. You guys talk about mindset here and there. I'm, I'm joking. Um, my channel is, a, is, is one of the main, my main components is about mindset. So I go to the childhood. I've done a lot of research, a lot of, a lot of studying about how your childhood affects your adulthood, mm -hmm. right? So I'll give you an example. You guys know my story. My parents got divorced. So my confidence wasn't there growing up. Most households that don't have fathers are affected long-term. Okay. Talking about your childhood, like, you're doing amazing work now, successful. How were you as a kid? How, how was your parents? Were they rich? My parents were divorced. Okay. Um, so it's very ironic. It gives me goosebumps that you bring that up. Um, my parents were divorced. So I may resonate with what you just said a little bit. But, but, but I mean, I, we, had a, we, had a great, we had a great childhood. I mean, you know, we didn't want for anything. We, we weren't well off, but we didn't want for anything. Um, I think my mom and my stepdad did a good job of hiding maybe the reality of things. Um, but my childhood for me, man, it was golf. I mean, when I got into high school, again, I hope my kids aren't listening, but when I got old enough to drive, I skipped school every day, um, in the spring and summer. 
and I went to the golf course. I was either working at the golf course or I was practicing my golf game. He was I, just doing an internship. There you go. <laughs> right. There you go. See, there's a there's a cool <laughs> reframe there. Rod, do you think your winning your your winner mindset, your owner of a company mindset, this alpha mindset was originated from that time, or did it come much later when you met them? Then then. I I think that. Um, what a great question. I think I think it was in there, but I think it definitely was brought to the surface by by being around these two guys. Yeah. Okay. Without without a doubt. Wow. Without a doubt. I mean it was there, it was there, but I don't know that I necessarily knew what to call it. But the second we got rooted together, I mean it was it was game over. Violently apparent to me. Mm. Yeah. You believe in God? Big time. Okay. Do you were you do you have a, you did you have a feeling or you had a prayer out there like, man, I would like to do something bigger and better. Was that something in, in your... I don't know that it was bigger and better. I know that it, the conversations were, I just hope the right doors open. There you it go. Was a, it, was a, it was more of a... And it still is, honestly. I mean, I, I continue to, to improve in that area of my life and spirituality where I just... I don't necessarily ask for things. I ask for the right doors to open. That's amazing. Um, I, 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 I sometimes get a little frustrated by people say, well, I just prayed about it. It happened. This is a private thing. And Please. I, I prayed about it. It just happened. Because I still think that you can pray about it, but you got to get after it. And I think that we talked for, about that. For me, if the if the right door opens, I'm not afraid. Even if it opens a little bit, I'm not afraid to kick it in. Yeah. Right. So so that that that'd be that would have kind of been, and and back back in my golf days, that was very apparent because I was good in high school, number one man in high school, number one man in college, mm. um, and then quickly humbled when I played for a living that I was far from the number one man out there. So, That's amazing. so anyway, yeah. Wow. So fast forward to you. So you met him 2006, mm -hmm. network marketing. Mm -hmm. So for the audience who don't know about network marketing, network marketing is a huge industry. You have herbal life in that space. You have insurance companies in that space. You have life insurance. Now you have Forex, Bitcoin. Um, and in the same time, it has a uh, oh David Patrick but David has company PHP yep. was one of those companies he sold it recently. Um, they have one of the best sales mindset development, right? No question. So you walked in the door, you were there. I came kicking and screaming. Um, somebody had asked me to come, and I rolled my eyes, and you know I sat in the back, and I was the punk kid that didn't want to be in the room, and it was it changed my life. You know I. I you couldn't unhear some of the things that I heard. And so I pretended that I wasn't interested. I went home. I studied for like two days, three days straight. I couldn't sleep. Um, obsessed. Obsessed. I was like, wow, there's something really special here. And I think part of it was Rod. You know, uh, Rod stuck out. You know, he was extremely polished. Uh, he was a corporate guy. He had a big pedigree. He was running a big sales team. Um, he was in a you know, a nice suit. He was just different than everybody that was at that meeting. And he was more, I related to him. You know, that was more my, my you know, my, my, my parents were six, had been at that point in time, pretty successful, uh, in their own corporate careers. Um, and so I, I related and I, and there was affinity of like, okay, there's something here. Like this makes sense to me. And this guy has this big pedigree. He's making a big income he doesn't need to be here for this. Why is he attracted to this? And so his story compelled me, which was, you know, I make a big income and you know, I have a great uh, lifestyle, but 
uh, well, I shouldn't say lifestyle. I have a big income and I, I have a great career, but it's not giving me the time freedom that I want. It's not giving my, my ability to have leverage in my life. It, I, I know that it's capped out from where I'm going to be. And ultimately, I want to build something really big that outlasts me. And so I was like, man, I, I relate to that. And so after pretending I had no <laughs> business of even talking to him ever again, I called him a couple of days later and I was like, I don't know what this is, but I'm, I'm in, let's run. And so from that point on, we were inseparable for five years and we grew together. You know, he was a mentor to me and, uh, you how, know, how old, how old were you at that time? I was probably 22, three, I think 20, 20, 20, 20 well, 2006. So 17 years ago, you're about yeah. to be getting old, man. How old are you now? Yeah. yeah so I, I'm going to, I want to give some context Please. to, uh, to that, to that first meeting. Um, everything he said is true, but, the content and usually it's Brett giving context sure. for me, so this feels kind of good. Um, <laughs> so I had just driven an hour and a half from my office, and as Brett said, I was in my suit. I didn't want to be in my suit, but that's just how it worked out. And he rolls in, and I, he's not even the person I'm there to meet. I'm there to meet the guy that brought Brett. And Brett rolls in. He's got Jays on and a sweatsuit, and and I'm and he sits there, and I'm thinking, well, he's you know, I don't know. This guy, whatever, and and I didn't I didn't think a whole lot of the shaved head too. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember if he had a shaved shaved head, but you know, I I just uh, you know you it's a good there's a good lesson there though, right? You know, no prejudging, right? It's like I'm sitting there going, okay, what makes me so special? I'm going to sue this guy's in sweats and jays, right? And three days later, when he called me back, I mean, we like as he said, I mean, I think we spent every day until three o'clock in the morning together for the next five years. I'd work my job, he'd do his thing, and then we'd come together after the day, and we'd rip it at my house until you know two or three in the morning. So that's that's what they call overnight success, right? You got lucky. Yeah, I love lucky word. Must be nice. Well, I I, want to give further context (laughs) too. I, you know, obviously knew Brett my whole life. Yeah, we're brothers. We grew up together, and and at that point in his life, I saw Brett's life change from meeting Rod. Right. So as much as the business opportunity was was attractive, and there was something there that clicked in that switch in his mind where he became curious on what this would look like, mm. this entrepreneurial journey. I, I, I wrote a journal about it just a year ago, and Rod was mm. like the dude, right? Rod was older, polished, everything Brett said, but from a witness, um, when Brett got married at our uh, at our family house, uh, my mom pulled, uh, or my dad pulled you aside, and he said, you know, everything in Brett's life changed when he met you. And so I'll, I always have an affinity for Rod outside of anything we've done together in business just because the influence that I felt he had on my That's brother. That's amazing. So. That's amazing. We'll get into that. So before we get into that. That's cool. Let's go to childhood, both of you together. Where were you guys born and raised? Fort Myers, Florida. Okay. Down the road, not too far. Yeah, family's from Kentucky, Kentucky roots. Nice. Brett and I uh, are the only cousins from Florida. They're okay. The OG Florida people. Go big blue. Uh, but so we still have some family down in Southwest Florida. I, I it kind of feels like home down there. Grew up okay. in the water, or not on the water, but boating and stuff like that. And uh, so yeah, seems like it's a very simple lifestyle. Boating, yeah, like small town, yeah, a yep. little different than Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, little, never- <laughs> <laughs> little no different doubt. from gangsters. Um, I love that. I always, you know, living in Brooklyn, I always wanted to. It's funny, you know, you see, you read books, you watch shows, movies, and you know, it's like South Carolina and the lakes and stuff, and. Yeah golf blue like, sky wow. yeah i'm like dude you know that'd be awesome <laughs> and that's one of my things i tell my kids sometimes like when when the time gets t- right my me and my wife have a house like a second house out there i love midwest I, the, the whole feeling of it yeah pick up trucks you know i have a, like a, a 
He's all by car, but I like his truck. It's huge, and he comes down. It's <laughs> not a truck. That's yeah. like a, a monster. <laughs> Rod's truck is a transformer. Yeah, I yeah. saw that. Yeah, <laughs> it does look. like He's about to come out yeah. and start yeah, talking that's right, to me. Man. If, if Optimus Prime got a white paint job, <laughs> that would be it. That's, that's Rod's it. truck. That's, that's, it. It. Oh, that's gonna stick. So yeah, that, Optimus. We, we moved to Orlando. Funny story is, is I was probably eight. You were probably twelve. But we moved to Orlando. From Kentucky. Like, Kentucky. From Fort Myers. Fort Myers. So Fort, Fort Myers, Myers to Fort Orlando. And I think my dad took a corporate job at the time. I think it was Sprint. And But I think my parents saw that they wanted uh, they wanted us to grow up in a place where they felt like we could stay. Gotcha. Like there was plenty of opportunity, um, corporate business, whatever you want to call it. And I don't know. The foresight to do that was interesting because we, we were happy in Fort Myers. We had family close. We had a lot of good stuff growing up but family moved to orlando and so we've been here ever since question I mean, our, our aunt uncle and our cousins like our best friends moved two doors down and so our whole childhood like you know we were all just best best buddies and so it was an inc- it was incredible and so to have the foresight to move when you had that type of situation was almost unreasonable, unreasonable. for us, you know? I agree. And now looking back on it, I, I just, I see them as complete heroes, you know? Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. I can relate to that. Like I told you, I think we moved to, from, from Miami, we moved to Orlando right before COVID. Me and my wife and our two babies, and there were three and two back then. No family, no friends. We picked up and came here. And one of the best moves we made, we, mm. we, we talk about it all the time. And we had a huge community, uncles, aunts, in-laws, all huge family, South Florida. But, you know, like, like your parents, we saw a vision, right? Talk to me about Fort Myers. You had in your neighbors or your friends and family, right? Is it like, is it, it's a good community. Are your parents middle class, upper class, lower class? Yeah, I think at that point, middle. Uh, Fort Myers. Yeah, I mean, I think they... A little bit more humble beginnings in, in Fort Myers. My mom was an educator; she was a teacher. Okay, um, ended up finishing her career in ex, you know, in education at, at kind of a different level and different scale. But but yeah, back then, elementary school teacher worked her way to you know an assistant principal gig. And how many children did your mom have? Just mom two. Had? Just you. That's it. Awesome. Just us. Yeah, I'd say probably lower middle class. I know my dad tells a story now. The only reason they were able to buy the house that they bought was because we had a death in the family, and and they they were able to get some inheritance money and and buy the house. And I don't think they would have been able to do that without that. Um, And I just remember growing up, I remember we shopped for for clothes one time a year, and we got you know two pairs of pants. Do you remember that? I just remember. I remember going to dinner, and it was just like. I would get the burger every time because <laughs> I was so because I was so scared of dad being like you know yeah, you hey man what are you doing <laughs> but I knew the burger was always safe it was very uh, regimented like there was no you weren't buying you know we didn't go to the grocery store and pick something out you know really? just because you went to the grocery store this, with this is a humble like, beginning guys I mean I, you know it, it was just normal though you know now you I look back better. and I go wow man that was damn must have been really worried about that but it was just normal for us i just grew up going okay well that's just how it is you know so um but yeah it, it, but then you know transition over the course of their career you know i think where they started was not where they ended they both did very very well uh, my mom ended up uh you know doing what she loved to do as an educator but she had the opportunity to move into uh to start and, and run florida virtual school when that's it amazing. was nothing you know when dial-up internet was still a thing yeah you know she came back one day and told us that they're going to do this online education thing. Like, and we were the, like, what? What? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and for yeah. everybody, they went, what? For years. And, you know, it's obviously grown into, you know, the 
one of the leading education platforms in the world. And so she's, you know, the godmother of virtual education at this point. And so her career has been extremely fruitful and she's done incredible things. A lot of the stuff that we do from a culture standpoint has been impacted from, you know, what she did with her organization and how she grew her teams. And, and then my dad, my dad uh, worked his way up the corporate ladder, uh, did very, very well. Um, you know, ran the largest sales organization in the country for uh, two major corporations and did it at a very high level. And so they had a great career. So where it started wasn't where we ended, um, That's awesome. which is interesting because that was a very impactful moment as far as why Urban Young. And I know Taylor tells this story uh, better than me. Um, I, I, I probably had the entrepreneurial itch uh, for a while, um, but I don't think Taylor did. I don't know if you want to give context to that, but you know, nothing life, life happened for, for our family in a pretty drastic way. Um, right as Tay was getting out of school. Yeah. yeah. Um, 2008. I mean, a lot of families, right. But so, you know, our generation millennials, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I'll, and I'll get to that, but you know, I think you mentioned childhood. I know for me, it was super close with our cousins. So it was just all family, man. It was, you know, we all played basketball, super competitive with each other, but loved each other. And I just remember the tight knit with my cousins growing up gave me personally a lot of confidence. I felt very fortunate that regardless of, you know, the life cycle of our life, that we had our best friends that were our family that couldn't, you know, uh, get to actually get That's incredible. goosebumps. That's so, incredible. So, you know, I, I think the, the moment he's referencing, obviously we come to Orlando and make a life and... Uh, end up going to school at UCF for me, but but yeah, my dad, you know, basically accepted a package in 2008, got laid off, and and so they, you know, went from, you know, hundred to zero, right, real quick, and and uh, I'm grateful it was a dual income household, so my mom really uh, allowed my dad to bridge the gap in his career and figure out what he wanted to do. But I just I saw my dad as like the the top of the mountain, right? So, um, you know, he's hitting his sales numbers, always at Presidents Club, like doing the thing that you do. And then a you know company takes a turn. You get a boss that doesn't like you. You got a big income on the, on the you know the the P and L, and and they go okay. Let, well, you're 50 years old, and you're dispensable. And so that that moment that Brett's referencing affected me a lot more because I, I would have been a good corporate soldier, man. I would have, I would have been somebody that would have been fine going to work for the man. I was all focused on just making a big income and making money. And I didn't have an interest until then to, to really feel that and know, man, like, okay, if he's, if he's dispensable, then I'll be there one day. So what, you know, what would it look like? Um, and I obviously had the influence of these two that were, I was running with at a distance. I wasn't involved as much in the early days as they would give me credit for. I'd come every once in a while. I was playing basketball at UCF. And, uh, but I had enough of their influence that I was like, okay, yeah, this is cool, man. I like this. I'm very interested in this. And then by the time I graduated, obviously full circle, we were able to you know start the company together. So that's insane. It fathers emotion. You got let go, laid off. Let go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Goodbye. See you later. Take care. Yeah. Appreciate the service, but if you at if at fifty. Fifty. Yeah, and, and and you know my dad, is a beautiful man, um, and but he would tell you if he was sitting here, you know he likes him now versus what he was when we grew up. You know he was more of a dictatorial dictatorship type leader um he he had a big ego you know and rightly so i guess if you wanted to call it that and you know he gave us incredible learning lessons that are i still have today that i'm so grateful for um 
but he would tell you that you know it was sometimes challenging with him at the household because you know he just wasn't happy at work you know and you know you have these conversations with him now as an adult and he was just he was just unhappy you know he's riding this big high on the top of the mountain but he just was completely unfulfilled he was completely empty he was angry all the time he just did not like what he was doing and unfortunately you know sometimes we would get the wrath of that not in a not in a crazy way but just in a, a moody way and you know now looking back on the situation man he the worst thing that could have possibly happen to somebody at the top of their game has just i mean he, he makes the same amount of money he works half as much he's an influencer in the community and he is so happy and you know he went he, he went from the top of the mountain to three months later he was door knocking he, he has an edward jones office here in town and you know he was I remember you know, Taylor coming home from summer down at UCF, and my dad's in a suit and tie walking in the middle of summer, knocking on doors. Florida, sent to Florida. In central Florida, knocking on doors, introducing himself, you know, because that was part of their program to get you your to do name that. out. You want to talk about humility. You want to talk about the ability to, to say, you know what, man, I'm a grassroots, go back to my work hard mentality. Basics. It was just, it was powerful to watch him go through that transition not only because it's like okay cool we have an opportunity here to not have to experience that but we also have an opportunity to learn and say like you know what what, what's power it's so it was just so powerful man on so many different levels to watch you know a person that you look up to and sometimes the person that you feared you know go through this transition um so for me for me that was a big that was a big moment. I mean, I know it was a big moment with you. You talk about it all the time. It was a big moment for me too on a lot of levels because I feel like I have never, I never really experienced my dad in his truest form until that moment actually happened. That's amazing. What's, Not, what's interesting to jump you, KB? Please, please. Because I think it deserves the context. You know, Brett had met Rod at this point and they had kind of started uh, this business opportunity that they're referencing. 2007. Yep, 2006, 2007. They're getting going. So 2007, right? dad. Got let go. 2008, I think, is when he right. got let go. Okay, I remember you um, calling. And, you know, it was always, you know, my dad, corporate guy, was supportive of Brett, but almost was like, man, when are you going to kind of grow up and get a job, right? right. Typical. Finish? Typical yep. father exactly. and mother. That generation. That generation is different. Yeah, like, hey, look, you went to college. Like, what are you doing? your degree. Like, um, what degree, by the way? Hospitality management. Interesting. Yeah, we'll get back to that in a second. Could continue. Yeah, so it's just you know I think there wasn't there wasn't a full send of approval. Put it Got that it. way, it wasn't it wasn't a counter uh, offensive. You know, right. where he was supportive, but but not to the point where he was like, man, I really like what you're doing. Sure, sure. And so uh, there was one day that Brett came home from a briefing, which is their you know uh, the briefing they would do every week, and and my dad had just lost his job, so he's driving home, humbled man, he's going to come into his house, and Brett's on his way out to a briefing. And that was a moment I think that was a big deal because, and you could probably finish that story, but I remember because I was doing the briefing, and it okay. was I, it was new to be you know presenting and doing the deal, and I remember him coming you know through the neighborhood, and you know I'm waving him down just you know say hi, and he pulls up, tells me what happens, and I'm like I'm just I'm shocked right I'm like I'm like how's that I don't understand you know and. uh you know, he had this calm demeanor to him, but you could just see the you could see the you could see the the humbledness, right? Like you're just coming from a situation where you just got rocked, and you know he was he handled it like a champ, obviously. And you know, um, 
you know, you could see the chip on his shoulder obviously start to emerge at that point, which was cool. But for me, it was like, and then I went to the briefing and I was doing this briefing about giving, uh, you know, this talk about this opportunity and freedom and ability to escalate income and leverage and team building and uh, the ability to have, you know, uh, a grip on your own destiny and, uh, you know, reaping what you sow and, you know, creating an extraordinary life and which would transition into what Urban Young is built upon. And I remember I got emotional at that briefing. I, I, I probably started tearing up a little bit at the end. It makes me emotional just even thinking about it right now. But it was so powerful to me because it anchored that it anchored what you were doing. You know, it anchored the why, you know, you talk about the reason as to why you get up every day and do what you're doing. And it all made sense logically at that point for me. It was like, okay, this makes sense on paper. Like if I do this long enough enough, I don't quit. This destination looks better than the other destination. Mm -hmm. So it's just a matter of can you do it? If you think you can do it, this is a much better path. So for me, it was always just logical. It just made sense to me. But that was the moment where it was like emotionally, it was like, wow, dude, this is just different. This is just different. You're fighting for your life. You're not just fighting for, for, for your career. You're fighting for your lifestyle. You're fighting for your, your family. You're fighting for your, yourself 20 years from now. You're fighting for so much more. Um, it was just a powerful moment. That's incredible. Wow. It's like um, your dad's like on the, on the way down temporary, and you're on your rise, right? And, and then you're passing just by. Mm. But um, Wow. Let's go back one second. Um, when he walked in the suit, with the black suit, the three-piece suit, but he's a handsome guy. I'm trying to put the picture in my head. <laughs> my oh, guess it was a cream I, suit. Uh, okay. It was a brown suit. I remember the, I remember the day. Was it a okay. boss suit? Because he used to wear the, the oh, boss Yeah, it was suits. a Hugo Boss brown. Hugo Hugo hey, boss. it was fresh, whatever it was. Yeah, you, you but know, it was, was brown. Fresh. It was my least favorite suit, but it was... <laughs> okay. What would you think of him first time? I didn't have much of an exchange with him, honestly. Um, we met. I mean, you know... You learn a lot about something by the way they shake your hand. You, you know, so I was, and that's old school, maybe a little bit more, so, which is kind of my, my, that's my measure, you know. Sure. You, you know, you know you're meeting somebody sure. that's, that's yeah. when, they, when they let you know they shake your hand. He shook my hand. I thought, okay, that's cool. But we really didn't, we really didn't, uh, we really didn't have much of an exchange, honestly. I was um, trying not to have an exchange. But I, but I, rem- but I remember, and I want I want him to go there, but I'll re, I'll re, well do that. Ex- well, I explain that because I want to explain when yeah. he called me back. Because okay. I was because I was I, I wanted to just check it off. I wanted to just check it off the list. I wasn't there with good intentions. I was there because someone asked me to. You That's know? It. So God forbid I hear or see anybody that you know compelled me to want to to want more. That was the least. That was the least. That was what I was trying not to. So you know, of course, when you walk in, you're like, okay, how can I avoid the situation here? So. Yeah, and and that, and I felt that right. It was like okay, cool. I you know they kind of did their thing. I sat there. I, I'm I'm there as a host, you know. So the, the, if you've ever been involved in network marketing, yes, everybody's listening, right? It's yes. like invite people to the event, sure, and shut up and let the event do That's the work, it. right? So I just hey, how you doing? I'm Rod. Hey, cool. This does check 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 this out. And uh, so we watch it, and, and there there wasn't a lot of engagement. Um, and at the end, I'm like, hey man, I appreciate you guys coming out. If you have any questions or if you have any interest, call me, whatever. And and I was a rank beginner back then, so I may have missed some steps of the process that they were teaching um, as to how to you know keep people engaged or how to follow up or how to how to how to do things the right way. But I'll I'll always remember the the phone call that we had you know two or three days later. And I mean, he basically said, "Man, I've been up since that event. 
I've been studying this since that event. And it, there was not a lot of small talk. There was not a lot of BS. It was, I'm in. And I, could, I knew, I get goosebumps because I knew, like I said to you, I, I knew that, that it, I, my, I, was in a different, I was in a different spot. And I, not knowing then what I know now, I'm just like, this is the most fired up dude about what I'm doing, uh, you know, that I've, that I've come across. I'm, I'm ready to lace them up. And we flat ass laced them up. Yep. We got on airplanes. We went to different markets. We we when 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 the clock turned seven eight o'clock on the East Coast, we dialed the West Coast. I mean, we we had team events. We had you know we had team. We we you know we 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 led teams. We learned how to build teams. It's I mean, big, that was big teams. I mean, the, the those... rearing the rearing that 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 opportunity gave us back then is stuff that still is is just so important to the three of us now and how we how we run our company how we recruit how we build our teams how we nurture our teams how we bring our teams along um, how we recognize where they are go where they are and bring them where we want to go or invite them where we want to go lead them where we want to go so yeah that that was uh that's a special time and and we we met some special people and to this day we still you know we're still close with those people yeah, and it's like it's so funny how like the, the your life prepares you for the moments ahead. You know, like I look at what we do now; it's so easy. You know, it's like because it's like if you know how to. I think we talked about this at the event. Like if you know how to lead a voluntary army, you know, allow giving somebody an opportunity that has compensation immediately tied to it, and you're using the same components of leading a voluntary army. Right. It's not even fair. People look and go, how do you guys create this culture? Like, we are team builders. We're not insurance agents. We love insurance. We can do it. We can have the conversation with you. But that's what we do really well. Taylor and I were talking about this on the way over here. Like, we are good at a lot of different areas because we've got reps in, but it's not what we're great at. Where the three of us are exceptional is these years where we were doing the work that had no fruit whatsoever. I mean, we made we made decent money, but we didn't. We didn't. It's not even close to what this is now. And so, but we were getting in all the reps and we were learning these foundational skills of how to lead and how to create cohesion and how to uh, drive a mission and how to take a vision into execution. Um, You know, all these different components that are just very difficult skills for someone to just optimize immediately, you know? And so that, that five year run had set the foundation for what we're experiencing today. And, um, and I'm, I'm proud of the fact that, you know, the three of us together are obsessedly focused in one area. And that's not an excuse to not be good at the other ones. But we don't lose sight of the fact that that is our competitive advantage. And that's what we're really good at. And that's what we love. And candidly, I think that that's one of the best skills that you can have is to get a group of people to work together. That's very strong, man. Heavy. 27. You had an undergrad in hospitality yep. at that time. Yep. You called him back. I'm all in. Let's go. How old were you at that time? Mm. Well, that was 23 for me. 23 for yeah. you. So I was, I was but you get the undergrad done. Yep. I was, but no, I was finishing. I was still in college. Hospitality. Yep. Interesting. I was 36, I guess. We're about, okay. You were about as old as I am now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But I was 18. I was, in, I was in college. We're four years apart, essentially. God. You watching it's him, amazing. Meet him, yep. Right, there's yep. magic happening. 
absolutely okay. magic. Yep. How'd you come in the picture? So I came in the picture by them inviting me to one of those those damn meetings. Man. How how soon after they met? <laughs> um, right not away. not far, man. Couple not months. far because uh, months. Maybe maybe no. a month or two. Yeah, I, I remember hearing stories about Rod through Brett, and I actually remember vividly. I think you guys went to uh, Kobe after the briefing right there that was always at that same hotel. And here you're not doing so well. I mean, 23. Make, yeah, oh, yeah. not right? doing so well. I mean, not not making any money. No money, zero I mean, money, he's, right? He's coming out of college playing I'm brand new. poker. I mean, Poker, hood, hoodie on, and Jordans, right? Yeah. And then you have... <laughs> Real sharp. You have Mr. Stud here, who's wow. mid-30s, yeah. you know, mature, yeah. successful, has a focus. Can pay for dinner. Pay for dinner, <laughs> and a good dinner, and right? So that's like, you're like, wow. Top G, right? This yeah, is this right. guy's walking in. It impacted you. From that energy, you give it to him. Yep. So when you met him for the first time, yep. How yep. was that? I just I wrote in my journal like he was the he was that dude. He was that man, me, right? He was it, all the things that you just referenced. That's how I perceived. But you know, if you get to know Rod really quick, he's got a warmth about him. He does. He, he's inviting, and so it was cool to see somebody that I perceived as successful objectively. But also have a warmth that wanted to get to know me and was interested in me. So our relationship matured because I was in school and they would come to games and they'd invite me to briefings, team, what? But they were interested in me, you know. And and uh, I just always remember that. And and even to this day, I, I gave him one of our jerseys in the middle of school. We went from Adidas to Nike, and so all, we got to keep all of our Adidas jerseys. So I gave one to Rod. I think I gave one to Brett. But Rod would always wear the jersey to my games. I'm like, dude, you don't have to do that, man. Like, and then even after school, like if we go back to a UCF basketball game, he'll wear my jersey to the game <laughs> 12 years later. Awesome. And that's the kind of relationship we had um, where I, he was just super supportive of what I was doing. Um, so I gravitated towards that a lot. And so I was just in and out kind of picking up. I'd be on calls. I'm learning these concepts. Mm -hmm. I'm recruiting some of my friends into the, the organization. And so, uh, and they were leading the charge, and I was just kind of following. KB, I want to back up to something, Please. though. You're right. You know, we, you talk about being 18 and 23 and 36 with a big income or, or nice income, and you say to yourself, you know, hadn't really, hadn't made any money. We were, we were, we were making deposits in a future fortune at that time, mm. right? I mean, I, I think to myself, back then, the, the stuff we did we learned what, what, what it meant to do things when no one was watching. We learned to go through things that seemed like they would make no impact, and we just kept doing them. Um, we had good mentors. We had good coaches, but yeah. we, 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 we made a promise. Um, that makes me kind of emotional, right? We, we, we came up with this thing called See It Through, and uh, that kind of matured through this leading up to the time we started the business. But, you know, you say we, we might not have made a lot of money, Right, and that's what everybody judges it off of. But the skills that we were able to stack, the things we were able to learn, the philosophies that were embedded in us, and me even being down a corporate path a little bit, um, you know, you, you'll we'll never be able to quantify that. I don't think. I mean, I, I it's uh, it that's that's probably to me one of my favorite parts of the story, is I, I you know everyone wants to know you got the you're you're doing this thing. Are you making any money? First question. Right. You making any money doing yeah. it? And and. Someone that's inexperienced would say, no, nah, I ain't made any money yet, right? No, nah, no, nah, I haven't made any money yet. But when you look back at it as an adult or now people, you know, guys that have, that have you know, bled and sweat and fought to build a business and, and man, we, we were banking fortunes back then, 
We were banking fortunes back then. So on the back of my collar here, if I flip it up, it says see it through. So every jacket wow. that we have on the back of the that's on right. the back of the collar says see it through, you know, and because there's just been a lot of dark moments where you just look at each other and be like, Man, are you still in? Yeah, I'm still in. All right, let's make a pact here, you know. And so I know for a fact that if it wasn't the three of us, we would have quit, you know, and and, and that doesn't even just go for the, the days when we were banking fortunes and not making any money. That goes for here at Urban Young, too, today. You know, like, there were a lot of challenges in the early times. There's still a lot of challenges. But that's the fun. But, you know, where if it was just us, if it was just me, I know that I would have been like, I don't know if this is worth it, you know. But because I get to do it with these guys, you know, and because it's like you look at each other, you're not, if you're not going to quit, I'm not going to quit. And I think there's power in that, man. Like, you know, finding group group of people that you run, you know, ride or die with, they get you through the times that the you know, the goal is just don't quit. You know, sometimes it's we were just talking about this on the way over here. It's like when things are really tough, sometimes it's not about like achieving some sort of goal, achieving some sort of success. Sometimes when stuff gets really, really difficult, the most important thing is for you to just sit in it. And just be willing and able to just sit in it long enough and not hit the eject button. And if you could do that long enough and you could do that over a long period of time, you just have such an advantage because what will happen is people will they'll tap out. You know, the people that you're competing with will tap out. And I look at what we've done and, and you know, I'm, I'm grateful. But, man, I don't think there's anything special up to this point other than we're just more resilient than a lot wow. of people that we ran with. You know, like we, just, we were just willing to do more for a longer period of time than most people are willing to do. And I know that that doesn't come, I know for me personally, that doesn't come from my personal motivation. I think it comes from being able to run with these guys. Yeah, I think to piggyback, I think a part of me is impressed because we're still in the game, but how unimpressive our story is and our start is, I take a lot of pride in that because you know we didn't have fast success at all. If anything, we were the worst, right? Like we talk about that all the time. And so I think to that point, the only thing that was different is just, oh, you stayed in a little bit longer. Oh, then we figured out, got a little traction. And it's for me, I learned that in sports too. You come in to school with guys that are better than you, right? But they, they can't stay in it long enough. They can't go to class. They can't do the conditioning. And then all of a sudden, these guys lose opportunities or quit or transfer. And all of a sudden, you find yourself in a position where you got an opportunity, right? Wow. And so I look at that in the same thing of the professional life and um, – it's a good lesson. That's it reminds cool me of boxing. Yeah. I do boxing. And, you know, you're in a round and you see your opponent kind of tired, but you keep, you know, you keep pace and conditioning and the preparation. If you can hold enough and keep flying, you eventually will come out right. Um, mm -hmm. But that's the biggest part. That's the hardest part mm -hmm. to hold out, right? Yeah. Self-development is a huge thing for y'all. For us, for me, it's, it's sentimental. Any specific individual you guys say, hey, man, Tony Robbins is my guy or any, you know, we did yeah, Tony Robbins. We, we, we did, did it. We had a full. I'll, I'll give you that answer. We did Tony Robbins Unleashed Power within together. 2014 together. Amazing. And that was you talk about turning points. I mean to go through that mm. together. So I mean I have a strong affinity for for Tony and did before that event, but after that event, you're like, okay, I get it. I get why he is him. Is it worth it? <laughs> the event? Yeah. Oh yeah. People say to me, why are you going? To, why you want to go to Tony Robbins? What is that? He's obviously he screams. He does this and that. And I'm like, dude, you don't know. I haven't gone yet, but I'm just asking from someone who has gone. You're saying, hey. Yeah, and this was 10 years ago, so yeah. I don't know what it's like now. But for us, 
it was, uh, I remember how much clarity, I've never had that much clarity in my life. That's amazing. Yeah, one of the things that was lasting for me was not only the experience that we went through together is transformative would be the word that would stick off the page to me, but you just watch this person in the presence that they omit. And there's just something just so different in that human being than a normal person. And you, I walked away going, man, what is it? How does someone, how is somebody so different? Like the, the, just the energy that they omit and the presence that they have. And I don't know about you guys, but I always thought to myself, man, I would, I would love to chase that. You know, if, 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 if you could get to that level, just that type of presence, man, like that's, that is development to me. So it always left a big lasting impression with, you know, not only there's the, the event itself, but just the, the presence Tony has on stage with, being so good at his craft. Any 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 individual, any, any, any other show conference that you guys say, hey, it could be pastor church, but anything that you guys I think say. Jeff Olson is a big one okay. for us. Um, Jeff Olson wrote the Slight Edge. Okay, yes. Um, and Jeff Olson was a, a mentor from afar for me. I know uh, Rod has had multiple exchanges with him in person. Um, it's something uh, that we study as a company. It's a big foundational book um, to to. You know, the simple things that make no difference at all in the act of doing them, but compounded over and over and over again over a long period of time, make the difference between success and failure. And so he taught that and uh, he built multiple billion dollar sales organizations that uh, we had the privilege of being part of. And so that his philosophies and his method of teaching and his ideas of uh, business building and team building were always fresh and still carry their weight today. So a lot of the things that we believe, a lot of the things that we still uh, come back to, a lot of the stuff that kind of help our rudder, I guess, if you would, the sh that steers the ship, uh, I would argue that it comes directly from Jeff. Um, so I know he's been a, a very impactful individual awesome. uh, in our awesome. lives. All right, so this company right here, Urban Young, talk about that. What was the year this thing came to fruition? How did it come to fruition? Was it a vision? How did it manifest? How was the prayers answered? Um, man, well, obviously we were running together and we were building this thing. Um, and at that point in time, we were doing it. Uh, we were in the corporate benefits with that particular product. So we had built a team, um, loved the team building aspect. We had gotten to the corporate side uh, where we were offering as a volunteer employee benefit. Um, we were at, the, at that point, actually, I was, you know, we were doing pretty well, um, it, I, and I was I was still fairly new, like right out of school. But it the price point was really low. Um, I found myself running in between different places all the time, and it felt more like a job. Um, and it was like, all right, so what are we gonna do here? And I was like, I think I had mentioned to Rod, like, well, what if? we took these same components, but what if the price point was 10 times higher, 20 times higher, 30 times higher, 50 times higher? And what if it was a product that everybody wanted and needed and it wasn't something you had to educate somebody that they needed? But we had these same components that we love and appreciate and we know that are so explosive. And I think it was one time at a briefing, I was like, what you do with a PNC business? Yeah, I remember you know? that. And uh, I met a guy uh, who's been a big mentor to the three of us that's in the property and casualty space. He just exited, um, and he's local. And he sat with me for two and a half hours. I asked him for an interview, just to, not even an interview, just to interview him about his job. 
which was my dad's advice, which is great advice. And he sat with me for like two and a half hours and told me everything about the property casualty business. And, um, and I'll, I'll never forget how generous he was because it was like, okay, like we could take these two components and put them together. Like this is, this is, this is not going to be fair. This is awesome. And, uh, so big idea, whatever. And, um, I was like, all right, cool. So I went and applied for a job uh, on Craigslist, you know, a producer only, uh, producer commission only, went and worked for a firm for, uh, I don't know, 13, 14 months at that point, uh, moved to Celebration, um, you know, didn't make any money. I think my first year I made like 13 grand um, and, you know, my wife supported us. Uh, and at that point in time, his wife, uh, Susan had come over to work with me, uh, another individual, and then somebody following that, but we were trying to build a team inside of a business, you know, just like how we had always done. And some things weren't right there. It didn't work out. And, uh, we were forced to kind of look at other options. And when that happened, you know, it was like, all right, let's go, let's go interview at a couple other places. And, and I had went and interviewed at a couple other big box shops, big corporate monsters. And that was like the complete opposite of what we were trying to build and what we're used to. So I was like, well, that's not going to work. And then, uh, you know, Rod, and he hadn't been, he, he wasn't in the business yet full time. His, his wife was, uh, he was still at his corporate job. And he said, well, what if we just built it? You know, what if we just started our own? And of course, if you've ever been in the property casualty business, you know that like, <laughs> That's just a funny question because you have to have the carriers, but you have to have the clients and you don't get the carriers unless you have the clients. And it's, so it's a very chicken and egg. We'll come first. The first fax machine. <laughs> it's the first fax machine. And it was like, you know, and I rolled my eyes and it's very rod, right? Like he totally. says these comments that he has no basis of getting there. But the point is he makes you think bigger. Yeah. And I'm like, Rod, I'm like, you don't, you don't know what you're talking about right now. He's like, no, but seriously, what would it, what would it look like? You know, closing question. Well, what would it look like if we did do that? Boom. And I'm like, well, what would it look like if we did it? Okay, I'll humor you <laughs> and I'll go research what would have to happen in order for us to do it. And anyway, long story short, we found a path to be able to do that. And uh, I was like, well, and I almost reluctantly, I'm like, well, I'm going to tell you right now. You're not in this full time yet. Susan's in this full time. I was like, we need a point guard because I know that you and I are like two chickens with a head cut off and we'll be running around and talking about all these great ideas and we won't land the plane. I'm like, we need a point guard. I was like, Taylor's getting out of school. We got to find a way We're to recruit, recruit Tay. <laughs> Tay, will keep, Tay will keep this thing on the tracks. And uh, so I remember calling Tay and he had, he had just finished an internship for college. And I know that he hated it. Okay. I know that he hated it. Um, Smart. He was very vocal about he picked the fact. His time. Yeah, and uh, timing is everything, right? Yeah, timing, coordination. Exactly. First of all, that was to always be recruiting, right? Sure. He was always in the pipeline. He ABC. just didn't know it yet. He was on the virtual bench. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, no, seriously, I called him up, and uh, we went to Chipotle. It's the Chipotle across from our office still to this day, yep. and told him about what we wanted to do, and. Yeah, I think he just committed right on the spot. He's like, "Perfect, that sounds great. I have to do what I just did. Fantastic." But I'm sure it was it was more like, "Hey, man, this is a culmination uh, of what we've been doing." So um, that was a really special, you know, uh, cool moment that he said, "Dude, I'm I'm in. Let's He's go." He's in. Taylor, how old are you when he got the phone call? Twenty three. Chipotle. What undergrad? Health Services Administration. Like, 
Aspect hospitality. I mean, the, the undergrads of you guys. Well, I was it was doing business, and then I got to a point where I didn't have enough credits towards my major. Got it. Got it. Okay. So there's a backstory. Okay. <laughs> it's a lot to unpack here. So, Rod, looking back, and let's be honest, that question: What would that look like? If you didn't say those words, see, I believe in sequencing, right? Sequencing one step, one step, two step, three comes along, alignment, you move around. Imagine if you didn't say those words to him, if that thought never came to your head. Was that thought out or was that just very casual? No, I can't take credit for any no. sort of sophisticated sequencing back then. Um, he usually says that question a lot. Does so he? it wasn't the first time I've heard that. Sure. But part of being a good partner is sometimes you've got to just go down the road, even if you don't want to be down the road. And I had learned from that because he's, he's been right multiple times, right? I've been following his lead and he's been following my lead. And that's where like the, we've been yanging and yanging. Yeah. So it's almost like, all right, we'll go, we'll go ahead and yeah, he, we'll go ahead and see this one out. And through that process, you find out, okay, maybe we even, can't even though he rolled his eyes and I, and I understand, I understand now. Right back then, I mean, completely oblivious. But he honored he honored it. I mean, as a good partner would, he just said, "Well, all right, man. Well, let's if if you're in, and and at the time, my wife was gonna was gonna be the acting partner. Um, thankfully, because I just you know, I had a little delay in in making the, the jump, which which I now look back on and go, what a what an idiot I was then. But but well, I mean, for him to honor that. Um, and I mean, honor it by flat ass finding, finding an opportunity and, and, you know, so. Such a great question though. I mean, it's just, it's just very rod, it. you know, Think about it's, it, man. it's very rod. And it's almost like you're, you're kind of, you're, 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 you're flustered and, not even, I don't want to say frustrated, but you're flustered because it forces you to think above your skill level, right? And so I even watch right now with, with our team, with team members, and you ask these questions, which I now use that, and I know Taylor probably uses that too. It's a total rodism. And now you watch our leaders ask that question, but it it almost frustrates people because they're, they, they're annoyed. But, but the reason that they're flustered is because you're you're stretching them. They're, they're forced to stretch. You're forced to think past what your current capacity is. And your your natural reaction is to fight it, you know? So it is a great, I've never had anybody ask that question, mm -hmm. but it, I, I mean, I never dreamed that it would have been possible to do what we've done from being in the business for 13, 14 months because it's so difficult. Um, and so, and looking back on it, obviously, you know, the first three years were extremely difficult, very hard. I, if, we, if we'd have known it would have been that hard, we probably wouldn't have done it, but ignorance is bliss. But that question forever changed the course of our history for sure. Yeah, and you think about starting from zero. I mean, sure. we, we, we there was nothing. Nothing. I mean, there was the first policy came along and a commission of yeah. probably less than a hundred bucks. I mean, it, it, it was it was comical. Drastic difference. Just for your visitors at home, like where you start doesn't have to yeah. be where you finish. Like Boom. I'll give you I'll give you context so people understand how big of a difference yeah. this is. Our entire first year, the three of us worked every single day. We wrote three hundred thousand dollars in insurance business our first year. How much? Three hundred grand. Okay. Our first year. Which which what which, that equates to in revenue is probably twenty one thousand at that time. In, at that time yeah. in revenue, yeah, for the whole year. And to whole give year, you, three miles to feed. It, wow. And twelve years later, we we write that in the first week and a half now in a month. So I think this year perspective, we'll, we'll write nine million in insurance premium. So it's like this month. 
the year. Yeah. So okay. we'll, so we go from we'll three hundred grand yeah. to like nine million. I mean, so it's like we 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 literally are just pinching ourselves right now because like man, do you remember? Like you remember how long it took? I mean, I think three years in, you know, I, I mean, I think maybe three years in we wrote less than a million for the whole year, and now we're having million dollar months, and it's like. It, it, if you looked at it, we map it, it is an absolute bending hockey stick. It is a total curve up and to the right, and it's and it's ex- exponential. It's not linear. So, like, if we were to look at our progression, it looked as if we weren't making progress for the longest, 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 longest time. And then you just watch this objective curve that's just up and to the right, and you're just doing stuff now that you're just like there is no way to calculate the output that is available to you if you just stick to the process and are willing to do the things that you know are the right things but you're not seeing the results you know and and that's why team building for us is the number one skill set because you know you just watch this exponential compounding when that happens and I'm just so proud of these guys. I'm so proud of us because like there's just there was every opportunity to stop because the evidence wasn't there. But we just knew that we were doing the right things. We just knew that this we had great mentor. We just knew that like this is inevitable at some point. And to now be in the place where we go, man, we're here. It's just so fun because I get absolutely tickled to death to watch people that are in it that aren't seeing the results that are getting frustrated. And you can just look at them and be like, dude, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. I know exactly where you were. I know exactly how you feel. I know exactly how this looks. But guess what? You're on the right track. And there's nothing more fulfilling to be able to look somebody in the eye and be genuine to be able to speak and go, I know exactly where you are. It's super, super cool. Yeah. So let's talk about numbers before we wrap up here. So year one, how much was... uh, Insurance business is a little different, right? We sell homes. We sell like... 20 homes equaling up to 5 million. It's a little different. For you guys, the policy is different, right? Uh, a policy would be uh, if I'm, I'm buying a house, yep. I call you guys, I'm buying a $300 house, 300K. That policy amount is 300K, correct? Mm-hmm. Does that, uh, so then how do you act? How do you act so you, you essentially act? just make a commission on how much that person pays for the year in insurance premium. So if it's a $1,000 insurance policy, it's going to be anywhere from probably you know eight to twelve percent of that a thousand dollars, depending. Um, so you got to you got to write a lot of them, a and, lot of and them. you know the business and the game is, oh yeah, but they're going to stay with you on an average of five to seven years, and it all makes sense on paper because you know that recurring revenue is the attraction to the insurance business. Yeah. The downside is you can't get there fast enough because you got to write a lot of volume and you got to wait a long time for some of that to catch up in certain parts of it. The way that we started, which is personal lines, home, auto, flood, um, commercial insurance is a little bit different. You can get out and write some bigger stuff and make money earlier, but it's more competitive or it's a little harder. Kind of like selling super value, high value real estate. Not just anybody's going to go in and sell a $20 million house, yeah. right? Pages, so, yeah. Um, but one thing back to that, you know, the vehicle that you mentioned in the beginning that, you know, they found on the internet and so on and so forth, anything but perfect. I mean, so many flaws to the way that it was set up, but it was good enough. Mm. It was good enough to get us started and get an entry into the business. So I think there's so many things that as we recreate a model within our model, we look back and say, man, all the things that we wish we would would have been different for us, we can help somebody else. If it took us 
six years, they could do it in two. You know, if it took us 12 years, they can do it in six. And so that full circle, learning a lot of what didn't work and what was hard at the time um, is still fruitful now in this cycle and season of our business. I mean, we've got one of our operators uh, out of St. Pete, you know, what he's done in two years by himself. I mean, we're partners, but he's he's by himself with some some team. And we had three of us. What he did, what he's done in two years took us five. That's insane. So he has, you know, he's got one of the three. Sure. And yet it's taken him, you know, more than half the time. Sure. You want to talk about impact? You want to talk about making a difference? You want to talk about leaving it all on the field that when, when this thing's over and you hang it up on the, on the um, you hang the jacket up and you go, man, you can look back on your career and go, man, where's the fruit? I don't know, man. For me and I know for these guys, yeah. like, there is just nothing better than that. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. better than that. And, and, and one thing, you mentioned the hockey stick. You know, I, I think that that wasn't just time in the business. Um, it took us to make a living wage, the three of us. I think it took us a year. It was in year four, closer to year five. Yeah. And that living wage, so it, we first made 40000 bucks <laughs> a year on in year five. Year five? Yep, yeah. year five. And, and, yeah. and you look at it and go, talk about things you wouldn't do. You know, but But... We were just psycho about reinvesting. And we hired the gentleman that he just referenced. He was employee number one. And he immediately made more than us. Because he, we, we paid, I remember we paid him a $40,000 salary before we had taken anything, anything livable. And I just look at that. And, and I think that's why it's been a hockey curve the way it has been. Because there was so much reinvestment, reinvestment, reinvestment. Almost to the point where it was unhealthy. Mm. Where we have to check ourselves a little bit because I think our nature is to reinvest and push it. And we got to make sure that, Hey guys, let's make sure we're, we're taking something that's sustainable. Um, so I just think that context is important point. because if you're in it or you're starting a business or you're, you're doing the thing and you're, and you're beating the craft, it's like, don't forget to reinvest in it along the way because, you know, depending on the goals you have, because that that's interesting. Yeah. I was talking to my wife deal. last night. So me and my wife are getting into a business. I'll talk about that off the record right now. I talked to her about it last night. We had a meeting with a third-party uh, vendor. I'm like, babe, we need to just keep our day jobs, right? We do well, right? Thank God. Thank the Lord. But whatever we make, we should put it back into the business and scale. Mm-hmm. And she goes, you know what? That's like so tempting when you when, when the iron's hot. You, you want to, when you're doing good, you want to buy stuff. You want to mm-hmm. do take vacation. You want to do stuff like that. So back to your, y'all point. How'd you guys survive up to year four? You had a wife working. Yeah, we, we both moved back in with my parents. Yeah. Uh, I wow. was, I was you know, I had an old car, no bills. So for me. Very simple. I, to me, it was easy. I yeah, mean, it, wasn't, it wasn't easy, but it was simple. I didn't, yeah. I didn't have a lot of bills. But sure. Yes, yeah, so we, we lived right next to each other in my parents' right. house. How about you? The, the bedrooms we grew up in. Back to the same ones. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, for me, it was, it, was, it was a struggle because I had a good income, but. Yeah. Um, you tasted success. I couldn't, I couldn't be right. here full time. I say I couldn't. I chose not to be here full time because I had that. I had this big nut. You know, we we had bought a big house. We had nice cars. The kids are older. I mean, well, my my son at the time would have been ten. Oh, eight. Uh, yeah, he he was two. Yeah, he okay. was two. Um, and right. my daughter. Thirteen years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, what I will what I will say is, you know. There was a, that period of time where we ramped it up, and when the time came, everything's subjective, right? Like we didn't have that stuff that Rod had, so I know he carried that a lot, and you know that's not fair for him to carry. But when the time came for him to move over, he downsized his house, 
He got rid of all his nice cars. He completely cut his lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I mean, so when it comes to doing the same things we did, you know, I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. Like, I mean, I couldn't, I, I didn't feel like I could have any more respect for the for the man. But when that happened, I was like, yo, this is, this is our guy. Like, the, we are we are ride or die because I remember that, and you know that that did not come without a lot of pain. That did not come without a lot of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And so, regardless of you know if you move back in with your folks or if you downside this beautiful big house and these nice cars to a completely different lifestyle and your wife's looking at you like what are you doing it's all the same game. it's hard it's all the, the wife same thing game. is the hard the yeah, wives don't understand I would, I, I would say yeah you you i think you had it the hardest because he had it he had knowing, everything knowing that you were 36 and i'm 35 yeah. and i'm just thinking about all the decisions that, we make that we've gotten used to to say like man what would it look like if you had to cut 75 percent of that yeah. It, that's amazing. And I also, I, you know, we all had different levels of temptation. I was getting out of school in a year in, I got offered a pretty good job. I got offered a nice income, six figure job that was in the field that I thought I'd be in. And it was, and we weren't experiencing success yet. So hard. So that was hard. There was, so everyone had these different hard moments. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I think the link to each other is what kept us, you know what, no for now. You know, some good advice, mentorship, but more and more the commitment we made to each other that got See us through. through that. See it through, guys. Um, I can keep going. I can keep going. I mean, this is this is amazing. Uh, before we get going, daily routines. We talked about it in your podcast. I shared mine. Start with you, Brett. Like, what's your daily routine that keeps you? My favorite daily routine is when you know these guys and the gals that are in our master class. We have a uh, Urban Young University. We have a master class uh, where it's an NLP uh, specialist and uh, a fitness coach and they combine the two where it's the physical and the mental um and the spiritual and so we meet tuesdays and wednesdays at my house at seven o'clock or on zoom and uh coach comes over and we we proceed to work harder than anybody in a hundred mile radius for the next hour (laughs) and it is a true test of will uh to trust of teamwork um and so that and then debriefing with whoever's there afterwards. We downregulate, so we do meditation afterwards. Um, and, you know, that's to start my day. That's by far my favorite uh, morning routine. Um, now, I don't do that every single day. Mm. Um, I would say I wish I did it every day, but it's after hard. today's workout, yeah, yeah. I'm glad we don't. Maybe we ha- well, we have one tomorrow, too. But um, yep. So that's yep. my, my favorite. That's my favorite. For the viewers, uh, jump on Brett's uh, IG page. I follow all three of you guys. He shares his workouts in the, in the garage. Yep. Wow. These boys are not lying. You guys, they put in the work. Yeah. Uh, so that's your morning routine, your daily routine. Yeah. I would agree. I, I, I'm, I'm one of the ones that zoom in. We built out our garage to, uh, to complement what's going on over at Brett's that was set up with, with us and the trainer. And, and uh, that's, that's, yeah, same thing. It, the tough part for me is that I'm by myself. You know, I, I, I rely on Zoom, which... Takes a little bit of the the fun sure. out of it, but you know, seeing these guys every morning and screaming awesome. at each other, and you know, um, yeah, that that would. I mean, there's no, there's no better way. I yeah. mean, people you, people you run with and go to battle with every day. I mean, what better way to start your day and and start your routine than than sweating with each other and talking to yourself and being encouraged and you know, That's it, just just a just a just a rich rich way way to start your day. So that's, that, awesome. that, that's by far my favorite. Taylor. I think my daily routine it mixes up. You know, sometimes I'll get in a, you know, cold shower, ice, yeah. you know, ice bath, you know, all that stuff. But I think what they said, the interesting part about coming together and doing a workout like that consistently, like so this week we'll we'll have done 
Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And they're all red line type workouts. And sometimes it doesn't make, you know, I'm looking at it as like a, a fitness guy. I mean, like, man, I don't know if that makes sense to red line it three days in a row the way we do. And like, what are we training for? Like, we're not trying to make the football team. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but then you realize, and it happened to me during this workout, you, you hit that line where you go, I don't know if I can do, I can, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I don't know if it's worth it to do this anymore. And I remember I had a partner in the workout this morning and I'm looking at my, and I, and I'm like ready to quit in my head, even though I know I'm not going to. And I look at it and go, Oh, Eric's still doing it. Eric's still doing it. Okay. So I'll keep, I'll do another burpee. I'll do another slide. I'll do another burpee. And what our coach will say all the time vocally when he can see us physically struggling is guys, we're not here to train our bodies. We're here to train the mind. And so I think taking those lessons you learn on the pavement or whatever it is for you that is right outside of your comfort zone, you can transfer those hundred percent those beliefs into what you're doing daily. hundred percent. I agree with you. I think like I've had a bunch of trainers in and out of my life and I'm about to get back one again, get one again back in my life. But I know the times I train hard and the times I don't train. Yes, I'm walking a store. I'm walking with the body aches and you're out of it. And like, do we got to describe this morning? I'm like, and, but what it does to your mind, it's just something else. You don't hardly see, I mean, you do see here and there, but you don't see many real successful people really out of shape. Mm. I don't know. Last yeah, time we saw, clue. right? That's a yeah. clue. Last time we saw a millionaire having McDonald's. You know, I mean, you know, once in a while is one thing, but you don't really see it often. It's timely changing, guys. It's been excellent. Again, we'll do a part two soon. I want to sh- share this with my audience. Sitting next to y'all and known you guys so long as I've known you has been two months. We met in Orlando and and in Miami. Yes, right. We did a podcast together. You couldn't make it. Every time I leave you guys, it makes me want to be a better person. Wow. I went to my wife last time. I'm like, oh, babe, these, these individuals are just so naturally good, good people, good businessmen. I walked into your guy's office. You weren't there. And he was, he was in the back. And the culture you guys have built, it's, I have, I mean, I, I'm 41. I've been corporate. I've done sales marketing. I've been in a bunch of companies. I haven't our company my, our, my, my brokerage Robert Slack has the same thing but besides Robert Slack I have not seen this culture you guys built people are happy you can see it you can feel it and, and the connection you three have he could be the ego one well I'm the oldest one I have more experience I bought him he's more in the back he let you guys talk he's letting you guys do your thing and you you jump in and you guys both are giving Taylor a lot of uh, credit the youngest one there most companies are like no you're the youngest one you stay quiet i'm the oldest one i did this i did that but you guys don't have that and that's that 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 if someone would ask me what do you think the secret formula secret sauce that urban young has that would be that that it's like you 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 are what's that word man Mm -hmm. you guys are just sync you're you're in sync together Cool. You know, that's cool to hear. Man. Thank you, man. Thank you. Seriously, seriously. Thank like you. every time I met you, and and I walk away wanted to be a better person, better father, better husband, better realtor, team leader, podcaster, and just know that you you're providing value. Wow. Thank you, man. God bless Thank you, you so much. Thank you really guys cool. for feeling mutual. Where can we find you, Taylor? Where can we follow you? Just Taylor B Young on Instagram, and that's about all I do. Awesome. Yeah. 
Instagram for me. Awesome. Pretty much it. A little bit, little bit of Facebook. A little bit of Facebook. Yeah, a little bit of LinkedIn, but not LinkedIn like LinkedIn like this guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where are you? you're on Instagram? Any you're, uh, Instagram and LinkedIn. Okay. For you me. LinkedIn? Brett's anywhere you can find uh, uh, social. How about TikTok? I don't see Arabian Young on TikTok yet. No. No. You want to do a dance? <laughs> <laughs> people say that the dancing you know, is more than dancing. It you is. guys look into it. No, it I have is. people that love TikTok. Yeah, 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 yeah I'm yeah, on TikTok. Education. I haven't been able to, to to give that as much attention as I would like, but um. Yeah. I like LinkedIn a lot for, for, for what we do. It's probably my favorite platform, but yeah, I'm sure. Instagram guy. I love you guys traveling all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I love that part of you guys. Uh, you guys have a podcast. Let's talk about that quickly. What's it called? Called the Be Extraordinary Podcast. Um, and it's an opportunity to talk about business, personal development, leadership. It's the three, it's the things that we love. It's an opportunity for us to get together and talk about all the concepts and philosophies that we've been able to, to, to leverage to get to this point and the ones from different guest speakers and different people that we meet that we're going to be able to leverage into the future. So it's just a cool conversation about centric around the sport of business. It's not specific to any industry. Um, and we certainly had, not insurance, certainly not insurance. Um, although, you know, we get into a lot of different aspects, but it's a, you know, we were fortunate enough to have you Amazing. on. The, Thank on you. The, I have, that was um, my in-law saw it and they're, they're, they were in, in awe of you guys. I mean, an amazing one. I, I just want to give you, yeah. You love episode number 37 on the Be Extraordinary okay, podcast. Thank you. KB, yours yeah, truly, thank tune you. in. Thank you. But thank you so I much. listened to that when it dropped and I was running and I was so, again, emotionally moved. Mm-hmm. Sent it to my wife. I said, I know you don't listen to every podcast, but listen to this one. Um, and so, anyway, thank you. Well, I thank watched you. it with my wife and both my kids. Oh, yeah. Because I, I knew I'd missed it. I was bummed out. It but means a lot to me. Yeah, it was, it means it was a special, lot to me. Special man. Um, message for my audience quickly. What I got here, and it was so funny what you said today is something. I recorded this for my reel with my guy. What today's looks like for you may not be what your tomorrow would be. I remember I was in Hollywood, Florida recently. Patrick Bed David was, was here. In Hollywood, Florida, I'm at uh, beach resort, and my watch was not working. So I went to a local watch store. And I'm walking there. I remember this place. I'm like, wait a minute. My mom was at the rehab down the road. She had a hip fracture to her cancer. I was the only child. I was with her all day long. And I used to go for lunch and walk the same streets of Hollywood, Florida. I used to cry. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's going to die. And she, she died. And at, at that time, my 21 to 22 years old, I had no future, no real job potential, no business, no entrepreneurship, not, no, nothing. The man sitting in front of you now was not there. And I look back to him, I'm like, man, here I am. I'm, my hotel faces the ocean. Patrick Bedeva, my mentor, Mike Tyson, Tom Brady, same room. I'm able to afford this. It's not cheap to come to this, this conference in Hollywood, stay in a hotel, lunch, dinner, and all. And I'm like, that, it's been about 20, 20 years difference. Mm. 20 years in Hollywood, Florida, then now. And if I would have just given up on life, then. So don't stop. If your today is not the best, just keep going. The story that you guys shared Keep going. If you're not making the money you want to make in sales, entrepreneurship, keep going. Because to their point, and to example, they gave, it will come with time. Right? It will come with time. So, guys, thank you for joining, joining us today. And uh, awesome work, guys. Thank you. Thank, thank you so you much. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, man.